0: Thank you for tuning in to Cobb with Comic. I'm Brian Cobb, and we're with Comic Parker, Lance
1: Pocker, How the hell are you? I'm great. Good, I'm good man. Happy, I'm happy to be here. Good. Yeah. I'll... So it's
0: so nice for you to join me, and let me know where you know. Let everybody know where you, they can see you do comedy online during the quarantine.
1: So I have a podcast called Braised Bits with a fellow New York City comedian, Jesse Eigner. We are comedy chefs. We cook up hot, hot bits on, yeah. uh, on our podcast. It's a food comedy podcast. Um, my Instagram is uh, at Lance Comedy. I'm not inactive on Instagram, but I'm not as... I, I prefer live performance, which is uh, obviously kind of tough for, for this time. But
0: Yeah, and I also I, I follow you on Twitter, which is Lance Pocker.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Also that. Yeah, and
0: that. So braised bits, is it food related comedy or are you guys just kind of, um, you're letting us know kind of the ingredients of a good bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we're always uh, cooking up in our podcast iron skillet. It's a lot of puns of that nature. Uh, very <laughs> reference heavy. We like to say you got to keep up with us. You got to stay in pod shape. Uh, it is kind of a, a language and a world unto itself and we ha- we have fun with it, but it, there, there's a lot of it's, a lot of food. Each episode, there's a a top nine. That's kind of the, I guess, the main course of each episode. And so for instance, the next episode, we're doing top nine, uh, seafood dishes. So it's like a lot of times the the main thing will be food related, but not always.
0: Okay. And what does it mean to you to be in pod shape?
1: So you just got to keep up with, keep up with, with the chefs. Uh, you gotta, you know, it gets hot in the kitchen a lot and you gotta make sure that you could withstand the heat. And we, we always want, uh, which are the name of our, our listeners, uh, (laughs) a riff on Arkansas. Yeah, we, um, yeah, we, everyone, you know, if, if you listen to the pod, you'll get in pod, pod shape.
0: And then do you have guests on, or are you also kind of soliciting feedback from your listeners so they can kind of, um, I don't know, give you a clue in as to what's interesting to you?
1: Yeah. So we've had guests before. We've, especially now with the quarantine, we've veered a, a little, we have veered away from guests. We like it. I think we prefer to be just us, but also it could be fun to, to bring people on. And then obviously it's interesting. I mean, you know, with, with comedy, obviously like ideally you want to be growth oriented and the more people you have, the more people discover your podcast. So we're kind of trying to balance that, that you know, what we want to do versus what we might not need to do but it might be more strategic to do and kind of getting more people to to listen.
0: And then we'll have to see if those guests are in pod shape.
1: That's right. Yeah, <laughs> we got a you know, we got a, a quick regimen. You could you could get on board pretty quick.
0: <laughs> and then we're, what we're going to talk about briefly today is um I guess you know with that growth mindset, it's the same thing with kind of comedy and and the city development. Like you, you noticed that you know you, you know pre-pod, we were talking about the fact that you know comedy may be booming, but some of the comedy bars and clubs are being priced out. Yeah. What have you noticed even you, know, you do city walking tours kind of what have you noticed with respect to you know comedy and its ability to survive and thrive you know with Manhattan real estate prices?
1: Well, it's fascinating especially now cuz with who knows when the city opens back when the city opens back up how many places that have been hospitable to comedy will still be able to be open. I mean, I saw the other day there's a the way station it's a bar in Prospect Heights they I know a few people who ran shows there, they're closed. Um, and it seems like a lot of bars aren't going to be able to withstand just kind of the financial realities of, of the pandemic. But prior to that, I mean, I started comedy. I started stand-up in 2013. And when I started, you go on Bad Slava. That's kind of the, the listing of all the open mics. And it, most of the mics, open mics at that time, I feel like were in Manhattan, in like the Lower East Side. East Village, you know, some stuff in Astoria, some stuff in Bushwick, uh, Bed-Stuy. But for the most part, things were Manhattan-centric. And then I feel like over the past seven years, it, there's less and less stuff, particularly in Manhattan, just because it's hard to sustain the, the business model, especially if, if you're a bar owner, having an open mic. People aren't, um, you know, a lot of times people might not be buying. It's not. It's not a financially stable or sound model. And I yeah. think, you know, venues, especially in, in in all of the city kind of seem like because of the financial realities, they have to think more about that and less about, oh, I, I want to be a place where I'm, uh, you know, where this sounds pretentious, but like where art could happen or where could like interesting things could happen. It's like, I think the the pressures make an owner think less about that and more about how could I just, you know, keep my head above water.
0: Yeah. And so, I mean, are some of the you know, shows going over to Brooklyn now, or is he, is that even being priced out?
1: Um, I mean, I think before, obviously, before the shutdown, definitely a lot more happening. In I think wherever there could be any any place that's like uh, any bar or just venue that's open to doing comedy, I, th- I feel like comedy happens there. So I feel like it's definitely spread out, really all over the place um, in all you know all five boroughs all five boroughs, even, you know, Staten Island included too, Jersey. Um, I mean, there's always been a New Jersey comedy scene, but I feel like within the past two years, I've done more shows in Jersey City and Hoboken. Um, I, I think just you got to go where where comedy is, is able to happen.
0: And I think I was, you know, I, th- I was talking to a guest and, and they proposed maybe Central Park as one way to make sure that this comedy talent in New York City has a place to kind of... Um, you know, survive and thrive because what if some of these bars, you know, what if a lot of these bars shut down, what the fuck is going to happen? Is it all going to be online?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I've done some zoom shows and, and they're fun. I think now, I mean, we're recording this at the end of, end of June. And, um, I think at this stage, people are, it's the summer. People are less interested in the zoom shows than they were in April. Um, when you know we were all inside and it, this felt like some sort of sense of normalcy, but I think now there's a, a fatigue, and people yeah. are, just want to be a, in person, want to be together. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, there's been some shows in parks and um, rooftops and things like that, but there's nothing consistent, and there's no. I mean, it, it's it, it's we're in a obviously in a strange in between state right now, but yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting when when things open back up. What comedy venues will be able to uh not only survive but like be able to thrive and and um help comedy grow and and sustain itself and i mean i think new york has you know historically been the best place to do comedy and um i think that i think you know in a few years i think that'll that'll be the case continue to be the case but it'll be interesting in the next few years how many opportunities there will be uh for, for comedians
0: yeah I hope I know Bad Slava, like you said, it lists open mics and open mics and things, but you would think that there's an opportunity there to make sure he's listing or he or she or they are are listing these kind of backyard and, and park and and rooftop shows that way if anybody wants to see comedy or perform comedy you know every night of the week, they're going to know you know there's going to be a place to look,
1: yeah. And what is interesting to see and um cool in a way is that, I think it's sh- people have had to innovate so just the idea of doing a zoom show in January of this year sounded insane and now they're kind of standard in a way and same thing with a show in in a park or a public space you would you'd kind of obviously it's not the ideal place to do comedy the ideal place unfortunately with the, with the pandemic is a a small tight packed room uh yeah. but at it, you it is Uh, encouraging to see um, the innovation and I think
0: yeah comics are the biggest hustlers and so they're the first people to um, kind of innovate
1: yeah you you have to be Um, I always I not always say but I guess I've said before in comedy I feel like you obviously have to be funny Uh, a lot of times you have to make opportunities for yourself and then also you have to be Responsible and reliable in order to just like maintain everything that's coming at you. And yeah. I feel like it's very rare for people to possess all three, usually. Like, <laughs> you know, like there could be someone who like creates opportunities for themselves and is responsible and reliable, but might not be that funny. Or there's someone who's hilarious, um, but, you know, might not be able to have that mindset of like, how do I get myself on stage and get in front of people?
0: And, and the people who have one. Or, or, or two, they podcast comedians like I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we all, you, yeah. You, you did city walking tours. What are some of the fun things you, you, you know, what are the some, some of the fun things that you experienced doing city wa- walking tours?
1: It's, it's kind of, um, and there's a lot of, there, were, there was a lot of fun things. And I would still like, I'm, I'm planning on still doing the tours once things get back to normal. Um, it's interesting interacting with people and it's similar it's similar to comedy in some ways because there's your you're, there's an audience and you're you're kind of i guess doing a doing a set but <laughs> you don't have to be funny and then being funny is a bonus but i love i love the city um i was born in the city i grew up on long island but i've been around the city for pretty much my whole life and i i guess I, I was always interested in stories and read a fair amount of new york city books and once i found out you could become a tour guide i decided that it's definitely something I would like to do so I got the license and I I mostly give smaller neighborhood walking tours I've done the kind of see New York City in a day I feel like that is if you've never been to New York obviously that's probably makes the most sense to do but I like getting more in depth one of the tours I do for example is just a tour of Greenwich Village and it focuses more on you know the 50s and the 60s and wow. kind of the interesting people and, and venues and I, I just kind of like sharing those the stories um and also seeing the living history that's one thing i really like about tours is you're you're at a place where it's like you know this is um you know where, where bob dylan um well, this place is closed but, but you know for example but this is where yeah. bob dylan you know um got discovered uh and it's cool to see how this is like a real physical place where something fascinating happened um, even something as tragic as the triangle shirtwaist factory that building um, you know you could go to that corner and imagine a hundred years ago the horrendous you know uh, occurrence there but it, you're in that physical space and you can't replicate that in the museum
0: and then are you also pointing out any comedy landmarks
1: yeah in the Greenwich Village tour uh, we stop at, at the Comedy Cellar and sometimes I talk I mean Greenwich Village is interesting because it was the place for artists. And now given rent realities, you, you know, if you're an artist, you, it, you're almost certainly not living there. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, I, I, would argue it's still the center of comedy, um, in New York, you know, you, you walk on McDougal or Bleaker street on any given, any, really any given night, uh, there's going to be, uh, three or four. Yeah. Yeah. Three or four <laughs> different options. Uh, for shows. And some of them are, are better than others. Um, I've done a lot of th- through my, I guess, career. Um, I've been at the uh, the Lantern a lot on, on Bleecker Street. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Oh,
0: sure.
1: Yeah. Um, so I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of my time there. Um, and it's, it, it's cool to it's obviously Greenwich Village is clo- not even close to what it what it was in, in a lot of respects. But it's, it's still cool to be a part of that and keeping that I guess tradition, you might say, alive.
0: Is there anything like you know? I I guess you said it's a bonus if you can be funny as a tour guide, but or or, you know, a person handling city walking tours. But because it's a bonus, is there any way that you're kind of letting people know that they're not only going to get a nice in-depth look at a neighborhood, but they're also going to get now somebody who's funny?
1: Yeah. So I I really base it on the tour group. So like it's it's similar to comedy in the sense you really have to read the audience and. Mm -hmm. With tours, I'm I'm delivering the same information, but I might, um, you know, it, it, so especially with with the tours I do, some people do have more of a I guess institutional knowledge of the things I'm talking about, and then some people have no idea. So um, I try I try to balance that. But in terms of of uh, like being funny, so usually I will. Uh, I guess reveal that that I do stand up, um, not always, but I, I usually end up doing it, uh, and then I have like built-in jokes uh, for most most of the tours, um, so that that always lightens things up. Also, so
0: is there anything that you kind of observed during your city walking tours that you brought on stage, like any any funny stories, anybody in the group faint or something like that? I
1: haven't I haven't done anything about the tours on stage although i think i'm gonna do something now like what tours are gonna be like now in the future uh when when i you know when comedy happens again i i that's gonna be something i try but yeah weirdly enough i i never had i tried a, a bunch of different things but i never had anything that that stuck
0: but like now you're going to have to be like, this is Central Park. This is where a field hospital was erected during quarantine.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're living history now. You're going to be like the, the authoritative voice now going forward because you lived in New York City during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah like a lot now now you would think like you know New York City is turning it around a little bit faster or at least the numbers are a little bit down and then you're like oh that's good I'm gonna be able to do some city walking tours but now we're forbidding people from other hotspots from flying to New York without quarantining first
1: yeah that's the huge problem and (laughs) not not only that but the the tours I do they're usually between maybe like seven and fifteen people Um, sometimes even more but just to have that large of a group on a sidewalk is I w- it's it's kind of irresponsible uh yeah. you know creating problems for people and probably creating situations where people won't be social distancing and i don't I personally have no interest in giving a tour wearing a mask uh that sounds like a a nightmare it sounds like it sounds like a, quite a workout uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. it's hard to kind of keep your breath when you're talking like crazy really yeah. loudly
1: exactly. Yeah. And then
0: are you able to kind of handle any question that comes up, up from one of your city walking tours because you can handle hecklers on stage?
1: That definitely helps. Uh, you know, me being able to handle hecklers on stage is definitely up for debate, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, it, it is, uh, it is helpful to have that where you're, you're kind of prepared for, for anything. There's a rule that I, some, I heard somewhere, someone told me for a tour that you should talk about, like your knowledge of the of the subject or whatever you're talking about, you should only say like 33 percent of it on the tour, <laughs> so that when people ask questions, you have that latitude to go into things that you didn't already mention.
0: You're holding up some of your jokes for, uh, you know, you, you got the joke saved up in case a heckler comes comes at you.
1: Yeah, keeping it in the savings account, so you know I could <laughs> I could uh, keep get that interest. Oh, I love that,
0: and then I, I mean. <laughs> I think there's some rumblings about, you know, some, you know, in-person stand-up things that I've seen. And and like you said, they're in parks and stuff like that. Uh, When do you think that you're going to get back to your regular old schedule of stand-up?
1: I'm not sure. Um, I guess, well, it seems like legally what phase four is when (laughs) stand-up can happen, right? Uh, Like if you're you're looking at it from that perspective. Um, And then I guess places that do comedy will start opening. Mm-hmm. I think this outdoor situation, like it, it's gonna be gr- it's gonna be great because we'll be able to do stand up, but the consistency won't be there because you know if you're doing a stand up in a park, it doesn't you don't have the capacity to have you know like clubs that have four shows a night. That's not that's not gonna be able to happen. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's gonna be back to normal normal for another year at least. But I I feel like looking at it pessimistically is probably the I like to look at things pessimistically because you could only be pleasantly surprised.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if yeah. you're not talking about like any of these city walking tour incidents in your stand-up, what are some of the things that you're typically discussing? Like, are you autobiographical, observational? If so, you know, what things are you ridiculing? Or who's the cast of characters that keep popping up in your autobi- autobiographical set?
1: Yeah, so I think I have a few different chunks. And I think it's going to be oh, ever-changing, but... Um, I, I do, ha- I do talk a lot about New York. I don't talk about the tours per se, but I, I talk a lot about New York. Um, I talk about, I got married last year. So a lot of stuff. Congratulations. About, nice. Thank you. So uh, you got, mar-
0: you got marriage material, but no kid material yet.
1: That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I gotta wait, I gotta wait to have kid material. Then I'll actually be funny. You know, <laughs> <And> that's <laughs> but, why you're,
0: that's why you're just <laughs> ripping off the condom. You're like, I, I need some more material, sweetie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I have like, you know, chunks about relationship and getting married and all that. And then I have, and I think I'm getting more, just like getting older, um, stuff about just getting, getting older, I think is really fascinating and everyone could relate to it in, in some way. Well, and yeah, then, what are
0: some of the things you're noticing about aging? Without, uh, without burning material, just kind of wonder, what are a couple of the topics within the whole aging process that might be ripe for ridicule?
1: I mean, one basic thing is losing hair, which oh. I have like embraced totally. I, I kind of think it, it uh, fits me in a in a weird way. So, um, yeah, some
0: people look pretty solid without it, dude.
1: Yeah, um, I, I think. Yeah, I actually think I might look better. I mean, I look better than that. did be, you know, that weird. It was almost like the virus, right? It's like either be all <laughs> or nothing.
0: You're like, yeah. Why didn't this happen when I was 12? I could have been bald all my life. <laughs> I would have been slain. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, so <laughs> and, and so the whole like hair thing, you find, you know, are you honest in the fact that you uh, feel better or, you know, did it, you know, are you honest with the fact that you think you look better or are you admitting to any sort of insecurity along the way on the way to enlightenment?
1: I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think, you know, perception, obviously uh, people, the social perception is that it's like something bad. Um, but I, you know, when I, I, I feel like there's all these, you know, there's like all these different supplements that you could take and things like that. I didn't really do any of it. Like initially I was like, Oh, I should do that. And then pretty quickly I was like, you just got to let nature take its course and be comfortable with who you are. So that's oh, like yeah. where I'm, that's where I'm trying to go with it. I think yeah,
0: it might might not work anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you're just wasting money for something yeah. that is like holding on to something one bit. I actually haven't done this, but it, it, I feel like it's like uh it's like you're you're building uh you if your body wants to build the championship culture if someone w- doesn't want to be there you gotta you gotta cut them loose. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love that. And then yeah. what are some of the things you're noticing about New York that kind of made its way into your act?
1: Uh, I had this bit about um, just like how New York it's the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, and like you could go from being feeling on top of the world to to not in two seconds, I have this one bit where I just talk about being at a rooftop bar and everything's great. And then you buy a drink and they tell you that it's $37. <laughs> and then so. I
0: really think that you're going to be able to add some good A material to that bit because the pandemic really brought New York pretty low.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: I love yeah. it. I mean, it, that pandemic is good for your material, Lance Parker.
1: It, it It is good, but it is bad for being able to do the material. <laughs>
0: I love that so much. And we're going to be tracking you on Twitter. I follow you. You're Lance Parker, which is P-A-U-K-E-R. And then um, you're also Braised Bits with uh, Jesse Agner.
1: Yep. Yeah. So and Instagram at Lance Comedy. Dude,
0: that sounds so. You're, you're, you're the only Lance who does comedy, I think. You're the prominent one.
1: There is uh, Lance Weiss. So he's, his handles with everything is Party With Lance. And I got I to gotta give credit to Lance Weiss because he's, he's been doing comedy for longer. And I, I consider him the original Lance. But I'm happy to, <laughs> to carry on the Lance tradition.
0: Dude, after uh, Lance Armstrong, we can use we can use as m- as many l- good lances as we can.
1: There's not that many, but Lance Bass and <laughs> uh, Saint Classic, also Lance Stevenson, basketball player. He's like one of the best high school basketball players in New York City history. But those I feel like are, are the are the main lances. So There's not that many.
0: Well, the only lance I care about right now is Lance is Lance Parker. Lance Parker, thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. This was great.